quick disclaimer, I'm today's guest, Cody. Uh, I am a member of the LDS Church, but I am not a spokesman for the LDS Church. So all of this is my beliefs and opinions only, but I do believe they do reflect an accurate representation of the LDS Church. I, I know how this sounds. <laughs> yeah, this, is, that's, this is the tone. This is the tone of my membership of the church. I know what this sounds like. I know, I know what, even just believing in God, I know what that sounds like. I know that it sounds like, do you believe you can c c telepathically communicate with the supreme being of the universe? Yes, I know what that sounds like. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today, we have our friend Cody back on the pod to talk about Mormonism. Very different from our last topic. <laughs> um, and it was literally just because like last last time we recorded the pod, we were like, oh, like we didn't know you were a Mormon. Like that's totally something cool You're that we so should talk normal. about. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like Mormons occupy this like interesting cultural space in like Definitely. mainstream culture that like you know we right. maybe we'll debunk some of that maybe it's all totally true like yeah. i don't know we'll, we'll, well see <laughs> i tend to find i tend to find that it's a lot of people kind of mix in like all kinds of stuff they've heard and i mean th that's kind of where i want to start with this like yeah. i'm curious like do you guys have like a south park understanding of of like the church and what it is or and anything like that or like is it more do you have like know people that have been members of the church or or what is what have you what is your guys understanding from the baseline because that's how deep we're gonna go with yeah this. yeah i think that i have like a mix of like south park and uh, like i know and like knowing some real things so i know that i know like two mormons um i have not you know, do, do, Dovin, Divin, Dovin, I don't know. I've not dove in <laughs> deep with either of them about their faith specifically, but I know that they both went on mission and like, you know, they, and they're still Mormons oh. to this day. They didn't like leave the church or anything. And gotcha. then there's like this other side of like, you know, viral things that you hear about BYU on TikTok. Of course. Yeah. A Book of Mormon musical. And just was a I have actually never seen Book of Mormon, but yeah, Book of Mormon musical. And, um, you know, yeah, like the more like rumory kind of stuff. So I mean, like Mormon Mormonism, maybe because it's a little newer, but it's you know, as far as religions go, it's like a baby religion, right? It's pretty, pretty baby, yeah. And I think that because of that, you know, people, I feel like some people view it in like almost the same space as like Scientology or something. I definitely get that vibe. I I absolutely agree with and that. And Scientology yeah. is like fully a cult, like very bad you know fully <laughs> yeah. like yeah fully exploiting people and i i don't view mormonism in the same like kind of lane of scientology but i feel like because of its newness and because of i don't know just the way the culture the shifted the media certainly certainly because of the origins i think yeah, yeah for sure like media has like really latched on to like this being the weird one you know this is the like yeah. these are the weird christians so and to be fair it is it is it's weird i un i fully accept like even among like other religions they think we're the weird ones like like people outside the church they think we're weird people inside like religious people christian christians they think we're weird like it, it's there is no real place that that the church sits in the world like it's not like you know like uh 
Protestant Christians kind of lump together and they're like their own thing. But it's like, technically it's a Protestant religion, but not really because it's all this other stuff. (laughs) And um, so Isabel, what is your, what is your understanding? Is it about the same as, as Deandre or is it a little different? Okay, So I will say I did have a friend in middle school who is Mormon and her whole family like went to BYU. Mm. Um, I don't keep in touch with her, but I mean, pretty much, like I don't, I don't, I didn't watch whatever South Park thing is about Mormons, <laughs> um, but I pretty, yeah, I know very little. <laughs> I would gotcha. say. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm, I'm happy to like. I think we should just kind of start. So first of all, it's not called the Mormon Church. That's that's going to blow your guys' mind. It is called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. That is the official name of the church. And recently, the uh, the president of the church um, actually said, "Look." Our church is a as a Christian church. We believe in Jesus Christ. Let's focus on the actual name of the church because it's it's um, it's about Jesus Christ, right? So they he's intentionally been like, let's kind of try to not use the word Mormon as much because it's like not our it's not our t- it's not our title. But I'm totally okay with with like if you guys want to call it that, totally totally fine. Um, but yeah, that's that's just kind of so. If I say the church or the LDS church, that's what I'm referring to, the Latter Day Saints. Is it um, where did the Mormon come from then? Is it like yeah, derogatory? Like, it, is it something no, that, not at all, not okay. at all. In fact, we the church used it for the, its entire lifetime until okay. just pretty recently. Um, it's from the Book of Mormon, and we'll talk about what that is in just a second here. Um, so the origins of the church, um, basically, well, let me just tell you about myself, kind of in in the church as well. Um, I served a mission myself. I I went to when I was nineteen years old. I went to Mexico and I um, learned Spanish. I didn't know any Spanish beforehand. I just kind of got plopped in there and I just, um, taught locals about stuff, helped kind of support the church locally there. Um, did kind of some service type stuff and things like that. And then, and then when I got home, I, um, just kind of continued and it's, it's been that way ever since. So, uh, let me just kind of, let's kind of do a brief, quick overview over the, uh, kind of the origins of, of the church. And if you kind of have questions along the line, we'll, we'll dive in there. So before I start, I, I know how this sounds. <laughs> and this, is, that's, this is the tone. This is the tone of my membership of the church. I know what this sounds like. I know, I know what even just believing in, in God, I know what that sounds like. I know that it sounds like, do you believe you can c- c- telepathically communicate with the supreme being of the universe? Yes, I know what that sounds like. And on some <laughs> level, on some level, I have the same sort of right feelings as, as well. Like I, I think I, as I, as any like religious person that you know has given any hard thoughts what they believe, I think I think that's normal, right? You should have yeah. There's some a questions. tiny. There's a a hint of uh, of agnosticism inside inside any truly honest religious person right because you go or this could all just be made up and we could just be dead and nothing happens but but i I mean uh, this is this is like after my lifetime of trying to figure things out so in the year 1820 there's a boy (laughs) named joseph smith in in new york you've probably heard of joseph smith yes joseph smith was just some 14 year old kid he was a, a farmhand no education really um just kind of just some dude he uh one day he had a vision he said he saw god the father and jesus christ and he said that they said 
Oh, and uh, I back up a tiny bit. He was trying to find what church was true. It was the time of the Great Awakening in the North, Northeast yeah. United States. Tons of different religions were like saying, well, our religion's true because of this. Our religion's true because of this. He was super confused, but his family <clears throat> was pretty religious. They even were divided in their household of which religions they were, they were going to. So he was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So he was like praying and like reading the Bible and stuff and trying to figure stuff out. And then so he had this vision. And Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, separate beings, if that's important. He basically said, <laughs> he basically said, uh, they told him they're not true. None of them are true. The true church that existed on the earth in the time of Jesus Christ was taken from the earth. We're going to put it back. We just need some time. So we're, and you're going to be the, the prophet. You're going to kind of restore the church. So um, over time, uh, he was maybe like mid mid twenties or so. Um, it was he was commanded to go kind of on top of this mountain, and there was this stone box it built into the mountain, and it contained um, some golden plates. They were like metal like plates with with stuff carved onto them, and he was told to translate those plates through the power of and spirit of God. So basically, what he basically translated turned out to be the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is basically the Bible that takes place on the North American continent. So it is not it is not the Bible. It is not the teachings of Joseph Smith. It is a completely separate text and it is complementary. So the, the church actually also uses the Bible. We, uh, we use the Book of Mormon as well. Um, this is where a lot of people are already confused. They're, they think that the Book of Mormon is the Mormon Bible and that we don't really believe in the Bible. We think it's a whole separate thing, but that's not the case. It's actually, um, and it's referenced just like the Bible with like chapters and verses. And there's, you know, it's it's basically, if you if you read the Book of Mormon, you would never know that it's not the Bible. It's structured very similar. Mm-hmm. It teaches the same exact things. And that's kind of the point. Um, the, basically the reason he was given the book of Mormon is because throughout the centuries, um, the Bible has been ripped apart and retranslated and, um, like books have been replaced and lost time and time and time again. Somewhat arbitrarily as well, right? Like it's like, it's absolutely a, a hodgepodge of stories. Exactly. So the reason that Joseph Smith was given the book of Mormon is kind of like a, um, what's it called? Kind of just like a, a, a proof, like a, a third, a, a way to kind of compare and go, okay, this is true in the book of Mormon. This is, this part's true in the Bible. And it can kind of give you a third waypoint to figure out kind of what the truth is. Cause the Bible also quite contradictory, right. confusingly written. And like, and like I said, it's, it's been translated back and forth so many times and things have been mistranslated and lost and stuff that it's kind of hard to f- definitively say, this is the truth. This is the truth. Um, and I would say that is probably the core tenet of the LDS church is that we believe in what's called modern revelation. We don't look at the Bible and go, that is the, that is the truth because it's written in the Bible. Um, we believe in prophets. So it's like Moses and Abraham and we, we have one now. Um, and that they can tell us like we, or we can, or I mean, it, there's nothing written in the Bible about video games or Right. pornography or just things that didn't exist back then so they can say they can kind of help guide according to what we what issues we're facing now mm-hmm. so so is, that, is joseph smith that's a good a prophet well, go ahead is he considered to be a prophet? joseph smith was the prophet first modern day prophet was joseph smith followed by um brigham young you've probably heard of brigham young as well obviously and then down the line it's just been a, an, a been a succession um oh so there's an then. existing prophet right now 
There's an existing prophet as we speak. Yes. Is he like us? Yeah. His name is Russell M. Nelson. Who is it? He it was the world's most prominent heart surgeon. And now he is the prophet of the LDS church. Is it, um, is he like a similar stature to the LDS church as the Pope? As the Pope? Yeah, pretty much. In fact, um, a lot of you, you notice, you may notice a lot of, if you look closely to the LDS church, you may notice a lot of similarities to the Catholic church. Uh, we take sacraments. We believe in, uh, ordinances or rites. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I think for that is because the Catholic church is probably the longest standing religion that hasn't really changed that much since the time of, of Christ. Uh -huh. It's basically been pretty similar. The structure has been basically the same since the time of Christ. And so, I mean, it stands to reason that if that's, if it's true, if the, if the, if, uh, the LDS church is true, it would mimic some of the old, like there's, there's certain things like offices of priesthood that pretty much no other religion has. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, yeah. So how does one become the prophet? Uh, you are called. That's truly, truly, it's not like a, you take a test and you live your, live super cleanly. I mean, I'm sure that it, to be honest, if you're living, if you're going to be the prophet, I mean, it stands to reason you're probably going to be a pretty good person to begin with. Right. But it's it's not like a, an office you hope to obtain one day. It's like is it like the previous one chooses the next one or like, no, it, not exactly. How do they so fine. Yeah. So you may have heard of the apostles in the Bible. Uh -huh. We also mm -hmm. have apostles. We have 12 apostles um, and the apostles are kind of the they they can run the church alone themselves if something happens to the prophet or something. But they're also the ones that they they kind of pray and, and figure out who who should be the next the next one so, so yeah you know it isn't so it, there's not like a defined process not at all because it's because it's revelate we believe in revelation right. so the whole point is like if if god is leading the church like there should be really it should really be kind of his discretion of of what's going to happen with leadership and stuff so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of logic behind it um so the idea is like you know someone will feel someone you know will feel called like you know i think that i can serve in this role i think that i am this this person and they might go to the apostles or the or the apostles and the apostles might pray on it and be like yeah you know let's see like we feel it too or is it the other way around or is it, it's just it's just not defined it just it just it just happens it's it's it really it really is like we just kind of we figured out together like it, it it always has been like that's mm -hmm. just kind of we we and it's it's not like a a vote thing it's not like a it's it's literally just we just come together and we figure it out right yeah. so i so my mind is already blown because i um this all sounds like somewhat pragmatic you know like the i think that the the <laughs> you know one of the biggest issues i think as a former christian myself with like you know kind of traditional christianity is that you know we're referencing this archaic text that text that as you have said cody is flawed in all of these ways yeah. and not modern and doesn't really speak on our current world or whatever of course yeah. it's easily left up into interpretation and then it, you know like people disagree on the interpretations or whatever so Already, I think it's way more useful to have an, <laughs> like this companion yeah, like text. Go, hey, is this? Uh, yeah, you can just go over to to Steve and be like, "Hey, is this a, a thing?" And he's like, "No, actually, you'd be surprised. No, mm -hmm. it's actually not." So, is the yeah. Book of Mormon a? Is it shorter than the Bible? 
it is quite a bit shorter yeah um it is a it's about 500 pages ish uh-huh. um but it's literally an account of i mean this this part is what a lot of people don't know is the book of mormon is actually an account of so people in in the north in north america like they're like literally like the ancestors of native americans and like um indigenous people in south america and stuff right so like we i mean we're talking like mayans we're talking like aztecs like and and this is this is where a lot of people are like there's like a bible of <laughs> like we we literally quite literally believe jesus christ visited the it's they're called the nephites we don't know where they were exactly we don't know who they were exactly but we believe that jesus christ visited the nephites after his resurrection which again blows people's minds they're like wait you you guys believe that but stands to reason that it's like no it's just uh he's just the jesus of the middle east and and that he's never been anywhere else and like i mean <laughs> it, why not right like it's it we're talking religion here right like anything is anything's possible so is the prophet is it like a job in the same way that the pope is kind of like a job basically yeah i mean it's it, it's like a full-time thing and um but it's not like paid there is actually no paid clergy in mm-hmm. in the lds church um they're given like a stipend i mean it's paid in the sense that it's if you if you do full-time stuff for the church they basically pay for your expenses mm-hmm. but it's not the same as like a job um when i was a missionary they actually my i was i just received enough money to kind of take my stuff take care of my stuff but it wasn't like I didn't like save money and stuff like it was just enough to take care of expenses. But that's essentially what what it is, is that it's it's uh, yeah. But anywhere from local local clergy, like like leaders of local congregations and stuff up to all the way up to him. There's not like a it's not like a job, a salary job that you go get. Mm-hmm. So yeah. did a lot of those people then have like other full time jobs that they yes, have to actually, do on the side. There's one. Oh, what was it there? He's like a CEO of some fitness company. He's a billionaire. Oh. Yeah. And he's, and he just bare, I think he just barely left the company or something, but it was, it was, it was a big controversy. Cause it's like, Oh, he's, he has all this money and he's, but I mean, it's, he's leaving the company, but, um, I fit, it was, I fit. Hmm. Um, and he, he was the CEO of, or the founder of I fit or something. And he's, uh, there, there's like different, there, there's like the prophet and then apostles. And then there's like, it's called the quorum of the 70. It's that's a biblical reference as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, I believe he's one of the quorum of the 70. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So should you continue, continue the tale? I think we were at, like, we stopped at like, you're telling us prophets and apostles. And so we basically believe that there's what's called apostasy. So there's times in the history of the world where God goes, we are retiring the church from the earth at this time for whatever reason, we don't know why, but the prophets are will not be on the earth for a period of time and then the priesthood which is the authority to do um to baptize and to do kind of the the things that are necessary for the church is taken away from the earth so we believe that there was a great apostasy that was the time after jesus after when jesus was crucified and he died uh, after that the apostles had this authority and one by one they were kind of picked off if you're familiar with the bible one by one each of them were, were killed peter was crucified upside down i mean it, lots of crazy stuff um stephen was stoned all the apostles were killed eventually there was a period which lasted until joseph smith that the priesthood was completely retired from the earth nobody could baptize nobody could 
bless the sick. Nobody could do anything that is required to have the church on the earth. Of course, there were good people. There were lots of people doing, I mean, anyone doing something in, in, in God's eyes, people doing good things, never a bad thing, even if, you, if you're trying, right? And so, but then, the, but this priesthood was what was missing. And then that's what, that's what happened with Joseph Smith. Once Joseph Smith was called, he was called as the prophet. They restored the priesthood. The priesthood was on the earth again, and it's not going to come off again until the second coming of Jesus Christ, which we also believe in. There's a lot of, if you might notice, there's a lot of similarity with like, uh, kind of mainstream Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of similarity, but there's just, there's also like quite a, quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of difference as well. So. well. So what do you think is like the main most salient differences? I would say the Book of Mormon okay. is probably okay. the, the biggest difference because it's that's the thing that I, in my experience, that's the thing where I bring it up and people are like prophets. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Our church has a leader too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, priesthood. Yeah, we can, you know, the, the leaders of my church can bless people and baptize people. But the minute you bring up the Book of Mormon, it's like, what you have like a you have like a second bible mm-hmm. um and so it's it's very it's it's very difficult to when i was because i served a mission as i mentioned i i basically was ta- i was uh, teaching people full-time about the church and it was the di- most difficult thing was i mean getting past that first barrier of like forget everything you know <laughs> like for like i know like when i said when i first started by saying i know how this sounds like i pretty much <laughs> have to, you've kind of have to start with the tone of whatever you're thinking i'm gonna say it's not that it's gonna be it's gonna be different yeah and it might be um, weirder <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what i and say I think, might be weird i think the, the first step to me is always kind of pre- like open your mind to imagining if it were true or if, if it could be true right and then once you can kind of open your mind to that degree you can kind of let things let things happen and so um another big difference another big derivation that you guys have probably heard of is we don't drink coffee um we are specifically directed not, not to drink coffee you may have noticed my drink here is not a cup of coffee but it is a large cup of diet dr pepper uh, my drink of choice notoriously way and... better for you than coffee <laughs> i know i know well and that's the, that's the other thing that's the, that's a question we get all the time oh is it the caffeine and it's not the caffeine well is, is it the is it this or this is well it like, it's not that it's well, what is it what it's it, it there's not really a defined definite reason mm-hmm. i think that uh, personally i think that's what it is i think it's because it's so easy to just get addicted and never be able to stop mm-hmm. um you guys, but don't, again, you guys don't drink alcohol, do you? No, nope. I've never. This is this is going to blow your mind. I'm a 29 year old that has literally never had a, a drop of alcohol or a drop of coffee. There's probably 10 of us in the whole world, including in, within the church. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my weird. That's my weirdest thing. That's like you know when you go around in, in the classroom and you say, "This is my weird thing." You would think that I would use that, but I live in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't really use that, but um, I would use that if I lived anywhere else. So I have, so I think that's actually a good, a good segue into my next like line of questioning, which is, so you implied that there, you know, are 10 people, even within the church that have never actually, have actually never drank coffee, have actually never drank alcohol. So like adherence to the rules, is this like, you know, like. I feel like in Christianity, you know, there are rules that like, you know, like as we said previously are interpreted differently and you know, people have premarital sex all the time, you know, like like people are committing sins all the time, yeah, right? Of course. 
it I, I don't know i feel like the air for the lds church of of like the rules is like <clears throat> it feels like they're more serious for you all i don't know T- talk about like yeah the rule or like the rules and like are people you know are you all like gung-ho about these things like is this really really important to you all that's a really that's actually a super good question and this is a perfect way to bring up what i call doctrine versus culture so i would say there are before i say before i bring that i have to say one more thing which is so we also believe in what's called uh what are temples you've probably seen locally um lds temples massive beautiful buildings with a little gold angel blowing a trumpet on the top Mm -hmm. um and it's basically those are like where we do like ceilings or or like eternal marriage that's that's like a big thing in the in the church kind of eternal families um and in order to go into the temple and have these things done you need what's called a temple recommend so you need to go through an interview process they kind of ask you like have you been keeping the promises you made when you're baptized have you have you done this have you done this and as long as you can get as long as you have a temple recommend you are pretty much like in as good of standing as you can be in the church right so it's kind of again it's kind of an interesting um i don't know of another religion that has like a kind of a regular like, and they expire like every couple of years they expire. So you need to go in and like, are you still doing this? Are you still, do you still have faith in, in God? Do you still have faith in this? Do you still do this? It's like going to DMV and re-upping your driver's license. Really? Like, I know, I know that sounds weird, but like, that's literally what it is. And so, and so you, uh, it's this regular process where you're kind of, we do, you talk about our, how are you doing? What are you doing? And so the temple recommend questions are basically the baseline for like, is this, how important is this? If it's not on that list to me, not important. Um, and so that list basically consists of, do you keep the law of chastity, which is if you're married, don't be uh, no infidelity, uh, like no pornography, stuff like that. If you are single, no premarital sex and stuff adjacent to it. And then, um, like the, the word of wisdom, which is basically the shorthand for uh, the coffee, alcohol, drugs, whatever else. Um, and then on top of that, it's like, are you a good person? Like, do you lie to people? Do you, you know, and on top of that, that's pretty much it. Like other than that, there's so, so when I, when I talk about adherence, like I would say that most people it, within the church are probably, um, I would say it's probably higher than average adherence to, to, to the commandments as they're called. Um, and it's because of that temple recommend. I think people kind of want to, they want to keep good standing. They want to go to the temple and, and do things there. So I think that's that alone, I think helps a lot, but I think outside of that, there are so many people doing awful things that they shouldn't be doing. And they, they're not necessarily like disqualifying for a temple recommend, but they should, they should be. (laughs) So if you were (laughs) like, like a CEO of a super exploitative company. That's not like a big deal. Exactly. But in technically okay. it could be technically it could be, but, but it's open to interpretation. One of the questions on the temple recommend interview is, uh, are you honest in your dealings with your fellow man? They might say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm honest. Hmm. I'm just, I just work at a company and I'm, yeah, you know, I just, it's, I it's just run a company, you know, like I'm just right. <laughs> Mitt Romney. <laughs> excuse me. I'm, sorry. Excuse me. I had a frog. In my <laughs> yeah. Throat. I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, but, um, but okay. that's a, that's a, actually a, he's a perfect example 
like he clearly very exploitative mm-hmm. company um doesn't th- does things that hurt people great standing in the church people love him and and think and so i don't i think a lot of it is open to personal interpretation unfortunately um but i but i think a lot of it is this cultural stuff a lot of people are hateful a lot of people are uh conservative to the point of being exclusive and hurtful to gay and trans people uh i think there's a lot of there just and and i've experienced up to the level of like straight up racism in, in the people that I've met at church. And so mm-hmm. people get caught up in, oh, that's what Mormons are like. But what it really is, is that churches attract that kind of person because right. they want to be evangelicals. Not even That's and, not even close to being exclusive to Mormons. Okay, just- yeah, exa- exactly. And I think... I think that in my experience, I've known so many people within within the church that are incredible people. And they are like... And not that you have to be like progressive politically to be a good person, but at the same time, like I think it helps. <laughs> it, <laughs> I you're, think it helps. You're too. compassionate and you can. You're yeah. empathetic, and there's a lot of things that. And I I know so many people within the church that all, all of my friends are like really progressive LDS people, which sounds kind of weird to people. But why? It's why is it weird to want to. Um, clothe the naked and feed the hungry. That's literally from the Bible. Like, what do you what? Yeah. Uh, heal the sick (laughs) yeah well so is there but those are those are not the people who are actually in power in the church there is there is a a hint of that so i don't think there there is not i don't think that it's anywhere near like straight up hateful like hate speech level at at all Mm -hmm. um i do think Mm -hmm. that there are there are some policies and things that are maybe in place that are that have been hurtful a really good example recently and this is actually a really good example of, I think, modern revelation is uh, the previous prophet. And, and also this is and this is a good time to bring up too the the church, the, the prophets in the church are not infallible. They're not viewed as like, oh, they're perfect. And the, everything they say is like mm-hmm. pure doctrine and everything. They are. I mean, I think Brigham Young was a freaking racist. I think <laughs> that he, he withheld the priesthood from black people. And that was held until like the freaking seventies. Mm-hmm. That's way too soon. That's way too recent. That's uncomfortably recent. Yeah. And I think right. that that was not doctrine. That doesn't seem like doctrine. That doesn't sound like doctrine. Why would that be doctrine? And I think that that was his mistake, his prejudices getting in the way of what was right. actually supposed to happen. And at, and at the time, I'm sure he was saying that like, that was just what he felt. He felt what like the calling was. You know? Right. And this is what this is what gets tricky is you go, where's the line? Where what is what is doctrine? What is not? And it it boils down to like th- this is what's so awesome about having a prophet is that we can look at modern day stuff. We can look at this this church handbook that talks about literally everything you could ever imagine. And it says the, the church's stance on it. And and there's a reason that we've written that because we need to keep it updated because things change mm-hmm. and things are things are, are different. And recent, the thing I was going to bring up was um, the the one of the recent prophets t- said, um, if you have gay parents, then you can't be baptized until you're 18 years old, which is the, the regular age is eight instead of 18. 
And that caused a lot of uproar within the church and people were, and outside of, of course, as well. People were saying like, that's why, like, what's why, what, what difference does it make if I have, if my parents are, it's not even my decision if they're yeah, gay. Literally, like, that's, like, that's like, me. right. And, um, after some time that was repealed. And I think part of it was, was public kind of public outcry. But I think that, I think that it's important to, to recognize that that's okay. Like just because a prophet says something doesn't mean that's, I kind of view, I kind of view religion, especially this religion as like, God gives us the steering wheel and let, as long as we're not about to careen off of a Canyon, he kind of lets us handle it. And we make mistakes. We are going to make tons of mistakes and hopefully we kind of get to a good place and things have only been getting better, but it's, it's just really slow. I mean, it's still a religious community and all the people running the church are really old dudes. So <laughs> as you, as you can imagine it really, and a lot of really old white dudes that the first non-white apostles were called like two years ago. And so it takes time to, to get these changes in. But I mean, I, I, I see it moving in a good direction, but it's, it's taking time. It's slow. Right. It's slow going. So when you say, when you say that's not doctrine, like what exactly do you mean? Yeah. I, I'm still having a little bit of difficulty figuring out yeah. what you mean by like so doctrine. Doctrine, doctrine is eternal truth. That is, that is black. That is white. That is, that is true. That is not, it is pure truth. And then anything else is either speculation, something that we don't know, and we're just trying to make ourselves feel better about the future or something, or it is the culture. It's religious people that want to believe something. Um, and they like people saying Donald Trump was called of God. Obviously that's a, a very obvious example of <laughs> like people just saying what they want to be true and, and things like that. But things like, things like, Oh, I need to, I need to have my, my gay son move out of my house because, um, homosexuality is, is viewed as, as a sin. If that's in those people are like, yeah, obviously that's, that's terrible. No one, no one wants you to do that. Love, love one another. Like that's the, the core is to make everyone around you happy and make the world a better place. Why would that be anything? So, and I probably know what your next question is based on what I just said. Well, what, what, what do you think it was going to be? Because <laughs> I, I did say, I did say because homosexuality is viewed as a sin, which that is, that is a scary uh, sentence to utter. Yeah. And I recognize myself that that's like, that is a sketchy thing to say. Mm -hmm. um, but that that's and, still true in the LDS church. Yes. So and this is this is where uh, this is where being a progressive in the LDS church gets a little bit difficult because I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as to say being gay is a sin. I, I wouldn't say that that's that that's the belief. I would say that having a a sexually active gay relationship is what is viewed as the sin. And unfortunately, that's this pretty much the same thing as having a long-term like healthy relationship. So like same sex marriages aren't recognized, things like that. Um, and things like that are hard for me. I, I don't want to believe that that's true. I, I look at my gay friends with loving relationships and I'm like, how is this any different than my marriage? And it's hard for me to accept that I, you know, that it, it's just a lot of cognitive dissonance. I feel like this is, this doesn't feel right to me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, this is when I say doctrine, like when I talk about doctrine, it's 
it's either it's true or it's not. And truly what I end up, what I end up at every time is things will sort themselves out. If I, if someone I know and, and a, a relative of mine, um, she's gay and she's in, she's married and she's in this wonderful, loving marriage and they're so happy together. And I'm like, I look at them and I, I just feel like things are going to be okay. I don't know if, I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know how that, you know, I don't know what, what the church thinks about that. Eventually, I don't know in the eternities, once we're dead, we might go, Oh, that's how everything works and stuff. But that's, that's kind of where I, where I, I, I sit with things like, well, and your relative is Mormon also. She, yeah, she was, she, she hasn't, sure. she, she, she can't she's sort of right retired now. from the church. And what was that? You can't, you like, can you be recognized as Mormon whilst also being like out and known to be gay? Yes. But also like if you're in her situation, not, it, it's a lot harder. You, you're almost like asked to renounce your relationship and stuff like that. And so it's personally, I'm like, why would you? Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you want to, to stay in the church? Like you, you, you have this wonderful marriage and you're just going to give that up to, to go to church. And like, I, I understand, I understand that that's basically impossible to ask someone to do that. And people do it. Um, and it doesn't usually last very long. And there's, there's those, you, you hear about like mixed orientation marriages in the church and those mm-hmm. typically don't last very long. And well, so does the church like try to like, you know, if you're gay or if you're doing any of the other things that is not aligned with, you know, the, the church's sort of like code of ethics, what can they do? Like, do they just kick you out? Do they do some kind of like, like, yeah, like what, what happens in that case? Yeah. So there's, there's a few things. So there's, there's like, if you're trying to still be in the church and do these things. So like, if you, if I decided um, I wanted to have like a polyamorous marriage uh, that would be frowned upon in the church. But if I still wanted to be active in the church and do that at the same time, I'd be subject to like multiple things, a disciplinary council kind of telling me, Hey, this is what you're doing. This is why it's viewed as against the doctrine of the church. And then um, if you want to continue in the church, like we got to talk about this, like let's talk about what is a disciplinary council. Sounds so scary, but it's like just a meeting of like, what what can we do how can we support you is this something you want to keep doing do you want to stay in the church and if it's like not really then it's like all right well and you, and so a lot of people just kind of slowly back away from the church no hard feelings and that's kind of how it goes not so much like i'm cutting off all ties and it's toxic and poisonous and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but it's in my experience that's 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 kind of how it, it goes like there's like a a a feeling of let's let's try to help you out if this is what you if this is the path you want to take i it seems like and i don't know if this is actually the case but like i'm, I'm curious like how much of your community is mormon right like because like how big of a deal is it to like you know leave the church if like you know I, i'm assuming for a lot of people mm-hmm. like all your friends are in the church it, right? especially here in so, so this is actually a really key point that i didn't bring up i'm in salt lake city utah the like, <laughs> like the hub <laughs> patient zero like ground yeah ground zero this is the this is where everything started and and there's i would say probably 40 percent is it's 40 percent lds here um and it is a big deal it's a really really big deal to leave the church because most people like your parents all your friends like um, when i was a missionary i would hear about my friends leaving the church and i would be horrified and upset and confused like why would they do that and almost like ang- not angry at them but like why would they do that like they know it's true and and whatever else and it took me a long time to kind of be like 
there's lots of different kinds of members of the church. Sometimes that means like there, I know so many good people within the church. I know so many good people with that, that are not in the church and vice versa. I know terrible people in the church and I'm terrible people outside the church. And that's not, I had to kind of accept that's not what makes you a good person or not. And over time, over time, my beliefs have matured for sure. I think it's, it's basically been like, I've come to accept that even within the church, there are different levels of commitment and none of them are wrong. Like I, I don't really love going to church. <laughs> I it's, it's viewed as like something you should do regularly. I don't love it. I, it's something that I, I feel like I need to do and i feel obligated and I drag myself there every time. Um, my sister loves it. She cannot wait to go every single week. It's her favorite thing. She's like super active in the, in the service in the church and stuff like that. And I'm super, I'm super not like that. And that's okay. Neither of those are wrong. Um, especially like I mentioned, the temple recommend questions, those, those like it's that checklist, we both check them off. So truly it's up to us. And it's, I think that was, that was a big epiphany for me when I realized like, it's okay to, and some, for some people, even if, even if I view this as like, this is the true, no matter what doctrine, this is going to make you eternally happy and stuff. If you are going to be miserable in your time on earth, I just view it like we're all going to get a chance. It's, it's so, okay. In the church, we believe you have to be sealed, baptized, get all the things done in order to live with God, be eternally happy, yada, yada, yada. I don't truly personally believe that if you slam the door in the missionary's face, that you're like eternally damned because you turned away your opportunity to learn the church in the church. We also kind of believe if you didn't have a chance to hear the gospel on the earth, then you'll have a chance after this life. But I believe people that leave the church for various reasons. I believe people that are staunch atheists and would never even touch religion. I, I think that there's no such thing as too late. So truly, like I think the core of our beliefs is it's going to be okay. Jesus died for our sins. And that also included giving us all a second chance. And I think that chance extends. So it's, I, I, a lot of, a lot of this religion seems so nitpicky and minute in these details, but truly I think at its core, like the grace of everything will be okay. We just don't know how yet is really comforting to me personally, because it's like, I will, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll get through this life and we'll figure it out. I mean, Cody, this might be, I think that maybe we've had one episode longer than this, but this is, I mean, this has been a, a, yeah. a rich conversation. There's a <laughs> lot to talk about. We were like, we were like an hour in and I was like, dude, there's still like three more things that I feel like we need to oh, cover. We barely scratched the surface too. I felt like I was like, I have to cut so much out of what I'm t- saying right now. So it, even count yourself lucky that it was only, this <laughs> um, but I mean, really big <laughs> shouts out to you for i guess just being so like transparent and open and willing to share do you feel like do you feel like that's like the average lds church member would be like as sort of forthcoming with you know sharing everything as you are or do you feel like you're an especially open book i do i do think i it's really hard to like offend me um, uh-huh. 
I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm particularly open to this kind of thing, but I also think that a lot of, a lot of people that in the church are really combative when people ask them questions, because usually they come from a place of mocking or hate or like just being rude about the church. And so, and especially in a context like this, I'm like, ask me anything like it's, there's no, there's no problems at all. And especially, like I said, especially me, no one's going to ask me a question. I'm going to say no to So, (laughs) um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you said it a couple of times. I really feel like we got the perfect the perfect candidate to <laughs> to come <laughs> through podcast, and share yeah. everything. Yeah. Um. So this is your space. Please plug whatever you want to plug. Yeah, totally. So I am a content producer of all types. I am a video editor. I'm a podcast producer. I um, dabble in social media and other things too. So if you or someone you know needs someone to kind of help out with your content, whether it's video, audio, or just kind of general social media stuff, give me a shout. You can go to my website, which is codycrab.com. That's with two Bs. Uh, Or you can send me an email at codycrab8 at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. It's our Twitter. It's our Gmail. That's our Instagram. Um, Hit us up. Let us know if you got your mind changed or if you got some revelations to this episode like I did. Pass those on to me too if you get any oh, of those because I want to be curious. Will. We for sure will. <laughs> um, otherwise, bye.